Mouse and wings, mouse and wings, mouse and wings, put together with the strings and plastic and held together by something. Mouse and Weens, everybody! Again, aren't you excited? I'm excited. I'm Finally. super excited. Yay! Finally! I know. I'm Mouse. I'm the big sister down in San Diego with children and um, a husband and all that boring stuff. What about you? Right, all the self-deprecation. I am uh, Weens. I am the single one in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. Waiting for some fun. <laughs> <laughs> single. Ready to mingle. And now we've got um oh, we've that. got my my good pal Bill. How how would you say your name? Um well it's my friends call me Billy, but you you can call me Bill or whatever you want. And the last name is Fuquay or Fuqua or mm-hmm. you know, it's how it's it's Fuqua, I guess is, is that the French? correct way. It's French. Oh. oh, I can tell you that the my um grandfather told me that our name uh, is from the prime was from uh, the prime minister of finance of france nicolas fouquet f-o-u-q-u-e-t who is an actual character and who um he was actually louis the 14th had him in prison because he was jealous of him because he was so successful and uh, he became very wealthy and had these opulent parties and um with musicians and artists and things like that. And he was supposed to be the, um, he was the uh, in, the evil advisor to the king in uh, the, the Man in the Iron Mask and oh my gosh. Uh, the Three Musketeers. If you look in those old black and white movies, Fouquet, Fouquet! Really? Yeah. You can't? I, no, I swear to God. I swear oh to God. You're descended from Fouquet? I don't think I'm descended from him. I think my grandfather... Just made all of that up, but um, <laughs> oh. but it, but but it's our name is is der- derived from that name, so well, maybe you know who knows. No, that because you cool. have all of these aliases. Yeah, his I name did, was spelled F O U Q U E T. Nicholas uh-huh. Fouquet. Uh-huh. You can look it up. He's a real person, and my my name is F U Q U A. Hey, F U. Yeah, well, Korean <laughs> like when Korean uh, guys would come in and buy tires at our tire store. They would say, ask my dad, how do you pronounce your last name? And my dad would say, Fuquay, not Fuqua. He would say Fuquay. He would Americanize it. And the Korean guys would say, oh, Mr. Fuck you. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you know, I've got to tell you, um, I am so impressed with your father and your mother. Um, you had two. Your dad looked like um, a Greek god or... <laughs> He saw a picture. I saw a picture of him on the beach in like this little, like, he looked like Tarzan. He's like Tarzan. It was the yeah. one where he had fig leaves over his wiener. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, you, you two had, I mean, you came from good stock, really. That's and right. mom, you said Your mom is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. We're and breeders. She still looks, she, you, exactly. And, and your mom still looks good. How old is your mom? I don't know. 70. She'll be 70 in a week. Yeah, she looks wow. pretty fantastic. So yeah. that's good. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, that's you're so welcome. sweet. No, it's the truth. And, the and truth. you're also very attractive. I will describe right. Bill as being like George Clooney, but with white, spiky, cool hair. Ooh. Mm. Do you use product in your hair? I do. <laughs> Actually, I do. Yeah, trying to find... Um, because, you know, when you have white hair like this, it gets very, um, like if I wear white tennis shoes, I look like a Q-tip. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that's how, my hair is so dry. Like even if I go, I went swimming over at Nina's house. Mm-hmm. Oh, check this out. This woman, she cuts hair in the movie industry. And we we're swimming and she said, well, I have to go up because Paul Williams is coming over. So I shared that with Julianne. And Julianne said, well, I know Paul Williams, and I was best friends with his wife. Mm-hmm. You know? Friends, yeah, but not best friends. Okay, yeah. whatever. I mean, it's still, it's like, it's, 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 it's so six, Hollywood. But it's six degrees of separation. So for like those of everything. you who don't know Paul Williams, he was on Smoking the Bandit. He's the little guy that 
He wrote Rainbow Connection. He's an amazing that, songwriter. You, he wrote. I cry when I hear that song. Oh my if, God. Somebody, mm. if somebody who sings it does it with yeah. really emotion, it's, you could be. He wrote, Some say love is a river. Really? Unbelievable. He wrote, We've only just begun. He wrote, what? It's just an old fashioned love song. Like, this guy is a major, amazing song. But yes, Rainbow Connection producer. makes you cry. He mm. also was in a lot of Smokey and the Bandit movies, and he had a lot of appearances on The Muppets. And he was a Planet of the Ape. Really? He was? Oh, that's right. Yeah. You could tell which one he is. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? He had kind of the lighter uh, colored hair, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. Interesting. Anyway, yeah. So it's a... But you were raised in Hollywood. I was, I was raised in... Yeah, I was raised in Los Feliz. And uh, you know what's a trip? Check this out. This is this tells you what's happened with Hollywood with all of this, um, all of this reality shows and stuff like that. The, the commissioner... On Batman, you know the one where they would hit hit you, and you'd hear see zap or pow or stuff like that. The commissioner, Commissioner Gordon, used to walk up our street every day up Hobart, and he lived south of Franklin. And Franklin was like the line of demarcation, mm. like anything south of Franklin's kind of like, eh, uh, yeah, you know. But, but isn't that a trip? Yeah. Here's a guy on a on a major show shown throughout the United and States. And you're a kid. Mm-hmm. So were you iconicizing this And Luca, show? Luca, um, we had all these doctors uh, on our street, probably about eight doctors. Los Feliz was known as Pill Hill because they had um, Children's Hospital, Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital, Kaiser, St. Vincent's, Queen of Angels, all, all these different hospitals. And um, so all the, these doctors lived in our neighborhood, and a lot of them were I- Irish Catholics. So there were a lot of big families, you know, oh. six, seven kids. Mm-hmm. So on our block, there were like 60, 70 wow, kids. It was kind of cool. That's so fun. Oh, and another, oh, one thing just to, because uh, I'll forget. Um, what's the guy's Charles Bukowski? Yeah. He lived in Hollywood, and he yeah. used to go to the Pink Elephant Liquor Store that I used to work for. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. he used to been there a lot. Who you is know Charles? No, who's that? Yeah, now you tell you tell me who he is because he I don't know is. that much about him. I just know that he was like a prolific writer. He was kind of uh, one of those beat generation. So he was. I don't know if he was actually hanging out with Ginsburg and Jack Kerouac and all that, but he was known to be kind of the blue collar guy. He worked at the post office forever, and then wanted to be a writer and ended up. I think he got fired from there, and then he just wrote a novel. And it launched, I remember reading Ham on Ryan. It was like, he's known to be kind of a dirty, burly Tom Waits kind of like, and then she ripped open her soft pink, and I penetrated her with my postal fingers. And, you know, it was kind of a burly Barfly. Barfly was based on Bukowski, the movie with uh, Matt Dillon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, not Mickey Work. Okay. Whoops. Yeah, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, and he was a yeah he was a drinker, and he made um, he didn't make any excuses about it. Even when he would uh, give lectures, he would be drinking on stage. Wow. Yeah. So, oh, but um, I wanted to mention him. But I worked at the uh, Pink Elephant Liquor Store, and that's when I delivered to that house I was telling you about on uh, Franklin. It was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright House. It's right at uh, Normandy. And uh, just a little bit west of Normandy on Franklin, it yeah. kind of looks like a Mayan theme. They oh yeah, shoot, yeah, sure. They shoot a lot. Of, oh, you know yeah, that one? Yeah, yeah. They shoot a lot I of movies. It was the no? no, it's right on Franklin. Oh. They shoot, shoot a lot of movies in there. And when I delivered into that house, and when they open the door, the whole house kind of opens to this. Um, it's it's kind of a pool, but it was that was the style where it kind of open open to that. But I I watched this thing. And it turns out that this doctor uh, in the 30, 30s and 40s lived there, and he used to cater to all of these Hollywood people. And he had an operating room, and he would do like backroom abortions and stuff like that. And they would have Whoa. all these crazy, wild parties and things like that. And this guy's son, what became a detective, and then he determined that his father was the one that cut up the Black Dahlia. <gasps> so is that bizarre? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Is can this you, recent? That's can you the tell the story of the Black Dahlia? Because I know it's a thing. I, don't, I just don't know what it is. Do you know? You know what? I, ju- I don't know that much about it, but I know that she was a woman that came to Hollywood to uh, seeking uh, fame and fortune and wanted to be an actress. 
and um, she was, uh, you know, just one of those that, that never made it. And I don't know the details about it, but I think she was going out with some um, some semi-famous or famous people in Hollywood. And uh, she ended up uh, cutting several pieces found in, in the inner city. Wow. And they, okay, and they could I just never figure it out. They could never figure out who did it. Did but, you just look it up? But I, know I just that... looked it up. Yeah, her name was Elizabeth Short. She was born 1924. Um, she was found murdered in the Leemart Park neighborhood. Leemart. Leemart. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, her case became highly publicized due to the graphic nature of the crime, which included her corpse having been mutilated and bisected at the waist. Oh. oh. My. Wait a minute. So this like abortion that, style. So the the son who became a detective, um, he is certain because they never solved this murder. He's certain that his father is the one that uh, that, <gasps> that did it, and he did it at that house. And it was to protect to protect a producer or a director or someone that she was involved with, where he she was going to cause them um, whatever. I don't you know do yeah, some. Some major mm. grief. Wow. That's an, and you knew the Manson Oh, stuff? oh, this is a great story. So um, I was um, at the, the uh, First Methodist Church. That's where I was baptized. My, my parents. Where is that? That's at Highland and, uh, Gower, right? and Franklin. Oh. Highland and Franklin. So it's a, it's a, uh, anyway, um, our scout troop used to meet there every Monday. And... Um, Location that, scout or Boy Scout? Boy Scouts, Boy oh. Scouts. That whole, that's a whole trip too. There's um, there's this guy Herschel Gilbert. Um, he did all of the theme songs for like uh, he was one of the one of the parents, um, the Rifleman. See, you don't even know it because I'm in like a time warp. You don't even know what I'm saying. Right? Just go with it, know. man. Just, you just don't go even with know. It. He did all these it's shows. The he, did, he did like Bonanza. Well, the, the rifle man is. But anyway, and he would anyway look him up. Look him up. That's like rifle man. Okay, but back to the McCarthy's when the Mansons were here. You know, they in our neighborhood they killed the Labiancas. Um, that's very close to where um, that the nun. What's what's the yeah. girl? What's the girl that bought the nuns' place? Uh, Katy Perry. Katy Perry, right? Wow. Yeah, there's a whole nunnery that's right. By so the anyway, the McCarthy's, and this is in Helter Skelter. Um, Manson, the he book. told them to go out and to to kill, um, you know, uh, people. Oh, Bianca. Um, they they were killing people randomly. They didn't even you know they didn't check it out or it wasn't like premeditated. But so they went to the McCarthy's house and they looked in the window and they saw Mr. McCarthy wearing a fez, that was like a funky weird hat, and he was sitting with his wife. But then they looked in another room and they saw Mike and John McCarthy, that were in our scout troop. Mm-hmm. You know they were they were Boy Scouts. Oh. Uh, John was thirteen and uh, Mike was uh, Mike was twelve or eleven. And so they didn't kill them, but they got their cat. They killed the cat. They wrote pigs on the garage door, and they hung the cat from the tree. Oh, my God. And a couple oh days God. later, that's when they killed the Laviancas. Oh, my God. And then after Those they, were your friends. Those weren't my friends, but it's, um, you know, they just lived in the neighborhood. Oh. It was like, a, that was a weird time, man. How were, what were people doing? Were they... Well, people were freaked out. Yeah. People were freaked out that stuff like that was happening. But see, that's the time. Like, I remember my sister Pam. Um, she was. I remember she was going to hate Ashbury, and she had these big, you know, um, red or blue round glasses on, and yeah. that was free love. You know, yeah. people free love and and peace, and people were protesting the Vietnam War, and there was all this crazy stuff going on. There was a, everything was in turmoil, even. I remember going to the, uh, to the uh, what's the parade that they have on uh, New Year's Day? What is it? What, Gabriel? The pass- <laughs> Oh, the, the pass- Rose Bowl, the Rose, the Rose Parade. Bowl, oh. The Rose Parade. So we went there, and we were um, we got the special place with somebody who had a business close by, and the Black Panthers, um, they were like maybe 30 cars, and they drove by, and they all stuck their hands out with the Black mm. Power sign. Black Whoa. power, 
and the cops didn't do anything. They just let them go wow. run through red lights and everything. <gasps> you know, so I mean, things are anarchy. Well, yeah, you think that you know, a lot of they, people let things go if they, you know, if they knew it was going to possibly cause you know more harm than good. They just let it go. But I yeah. remember being freaked out. Like even my dad, I thought he could do anything. And I just saw, you know, we were at the at the light, and I just saw him look as these people. Because I was scared, man, you know, because you didn't know what's going to happen. Well, they I, were carrying guns. I mean, they I don't know what. Maybe they were. I don't know. I thought they were. You know, as a little kid, I thought they did. But um, yeah, it was scary. And what about? The, were you here for the riots? My dad uh, at the at the riots. He came home. He owned a tire store, and he had a truck, and it was filled with tires. And I remember the manager sitting on the back of the truck with his with the shotgun. Yeah. Mm. What year was it? It was, uh, I don't know, it was in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the 60s. And then the other riot, you know, whatever. In the 80s, yeah. yeah. There's a lot. The Watts riots, yeah, that was 80. No, 91, 92. Oh, but one interesting thing that you might, your listeners might find interesting, I don't know. We used to play in Laughlin Park. And in Laughlin Park, uh, Cecil Vita Mills House, he directed. uh, the Ten Sunset. Commandments and Sunset Boulevard. A lot of huge. That was huge the big movies. famous. What was her ending? My close up. Oh, my close up, Mr. DeMille. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You, well, you're the woman. You're supposed to say that. I forgot the line. Well, you just said it. <laughs> oh, line. my close up. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, we would go up there and run around, and you could look in the window and see, like, a, a, the Academy Award. And we're just like little kids running around, and they know we're up there. But the one thing that I think is just so cool and so crazy, he had a big safe behind the house with a, a hole, a slot that you could stick your hand in and you could feel the canisters of film. Oh wow! Isn't that a trip? That is so but we cool. couldn't get the can- we couldn't get the film out oh. with our little hands. We could get in, we could feel it, but they didn't know about film preservation. Oh wow! Isn't that a trip? Wow! Wait, the safe was behind the house outside. It was behind the house in like this a big. It was uh, probably about um, like a storage. Yeah, we're little kids just for storage. Yeah, it was probably about six feet tall and just a big safe. You know, big lock on it. But we would go up there and get boxes and roll down the hill. But W. C. Fields, who was a comedian, do you you know who Mm W. C. Fields is? Yeah. Okay. So he's see, he's way, he, see nose. yeah, he's way before my time, and and Cesby the Mills way before my yeah. time. But you know, it's like, um, but W. C. Fields would he came out in this long driveway, and his house was pink, and he um, Cesby the Mill looked down on W. C. Fields like he's just a drunk, and he would get his bottle and throw it on his back porch as he drove down to Los Feliz. Wow! So that's oh the story. Yeah. That's oh so cool. That's old history. Yeah. Where. Didn't, weren't you a dancing peanut at some like one of your plays? Or- um, you know when I when I grew up at in Hollywood High, um, we <laughs> <laughs> we we did a show called Harry Hickey and the Hollywood Hound Dogs, and we had all of these guys. The musicians were the musicians for Don Kirshner's rock concert in the Midnight Special, and so and they would they would be the the backup band for like some innocuous act like Helen Reddy or somebody like that that Mm -hmm. didn't come in with their own musicians. And so these guys were really, really talented. And, and it's such a trip how musicians like, you know, so many people from England were influenced by the blues and, you know, American influence, but then Americans were also influenced by, you know, the, the Stones and the Beatles and the, you know, the Kinks and, and, all of these different bands that were coming, That's so they went over there. Yeah. So, but anyway, these guys um, backed us up. How did I? What? What was the question? <laughs> You're a dancing peanut. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, so we did that. I, that made me think of that. But then I thought, you know what? I really on stage. It's like you know what it is to be on stage. Mm-hmm. Holy Joel, both of you. Have both of you been on stage? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, so, not really. But it's like the greatest, it's better than anything. It's mm-hmm. like makes you feel so alive and just, it's so, it's just magic. It's incredible. If everything's, if you have a great band behind you. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I wanted to do that. So I decided, um, oh, we did, a, oh, the people that were involved with that, we wrote a thing called the Golden Peanut. It was, and it was Who, about, how old were you? This is Hollywood I, I was about, well, it's I like was probably senior. 17 then. Okay. But then when we wrote the Golden Peanut. Were you in like a little... 
class with these people, like a theater class? Or I should have been, but I was so I was so insecure. I used to go. To, they used to have Thursday theater, and they um, I used to watch them act. And some of the people that had no talent actually made it, hmm. and the people that had talent did not make it. Hmm. Is that it's, it's just the way it goes? But um, that explains our podcast perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so you guys wrote something together. The Golden Peanut. Yeah. And I did a, I did a song called Peanut Boogie, and that's what I was going to sing. Peanut Were you going to dress in a peanut outfit? I did dress in a peanut outfit, okay. and then we went down actually with a talent agent to the Gong Show, and we we auditioned for the Gong Show, and this talent agent Chuck Berry, my favorite. Yeah, Chuck oh. Barris. Ferris. Yeah, he was oversold us. Like he was we're... a lip licker. He, he was shiny he was, lips. He was on coke. He oh, that's was, he totally <laughs> coked out of his mind. That's oh, why. <laughs> really? He totally, My childhood Totally dreams. coked out. And then he wrote that book like he was a spy, too. So he might have been a little, you know, yeah. completely crazy. But, so you're a peanut. Um, no, so we told us that we went down with this, this agent who wasn't even an agent. I think he was a real estate salesman, but <laughs> he was like, he totally oversold us. And they said, yeah, you know, we'll call, don't call us. We'll call you. They never called. Mm -hmm. So then I said, you know, I'm going to go back. I want to be a singing and dancing peanut. So I did it. And I, I had a peanut outfit made for Where? myself. On the gong show? Yeah. yeah I, was, I went, went back. I went back by myself. I don't, no. I don't need somebody. Cause we had a whole dance routine. It was pretty people. stupid. No. Yeah. So I, I was a planner's peanut <laughs> guy and I did, um, and, I was still very nervous, and it was, uh, they do like 10 shows in, in one day. So oh. they do like, you know, uh, two and a half week, two and a half months or whatever, knock it out. Oh, wow. So I did the, I did the, um, I came was out. A song and dance. I was the first out of, out of like eight shows or nine shows. We were the first show, and they gonged, they gonged um, four of the five acts. Mm. And I was like the second act, and I screwed up, and then I got it. And I got two tenants, J.P. Morgan. I don't know who the other person was, but um, the actual J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Well, oh. no, she was a comedian, oh, kind, of, okay. kind of a sexy, um, sultry. Can, what can you do? You remember the song you sang? <laughs> yeah, almonds don't make it. Wait, wait, you have to sing it. I can't sing. Please, it. I'll sing it with you. Almonds don't make it. Beans are obscene. Cashews can't fake it. Neither can soy beans. Walnuts can't fake it. Brazil nuts are mean. Chestnuts are malicious. But peanuts are delicious. As you can see, we've all been roasted. Come on, me, let's all get toasted. Get your shell out of the gutter, or you'll be turning into peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah, so. And it started out, Welcome to Peanut Land, this is where it all began, you know, in Peanut Land. But anyway, yeah. I sang this song, and this asshole, Gary Muldeer, gonged me. Gary Muldeer? Gary Muldeer. And Gary Muldeer actually was Steve Martin's roommate. And oh. he used to be. He used, to, they used to write for the Smothers Brothers and uh, Sonny and Cher show and stuff mm. like that. But mm, he, he gonged me and he said, now I know why the neutron bomb was invented. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, not, even, not even funny. Not even, not even funny. funny at all. And look up Gary Muldeer. Look at him. Look at what he's doing now. Well, no, he's he looks, dead. He, who's that guy that used to paint on like... Uh, the big happy, happy uh, with, trees guy with the giant afro? With, yeah, that, yeah, he looks exactly Bob. like him. But that guy was cool. Yeah, that guy was cool. Yeah. This he, guy was... Gary is not. He's an a-hole. Yeah. Yeah, but... We don't like Gary Muldeer. Nobody support him you. anymore. Yeah. His name Muldeer anyway. Mm. Yeah. Sorry oh, his that, real bro. name was Gary Miller, so he tried to change it to be cool. Okay. Oh. Sneaky Gary. You are very good. I've got my Wikipedia at oh, my fingertips wow. here. No, look very at that. Cool. You know why? Because she doesn't want to edit a fact check in later, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we'll go fact check and then we'll have to edit in later. Like, you know, I would listen to you too. With would like you? A with a cup of coffee or tea or something. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, it would be so, it would be so interesting. Thank I, you. I would love to. I've never listened to podcasts. I think that would be like the funnest, coolest thing to do. Yeah. I would did that. They're really fun. Okay. There's something yeah. for everyone out there in podcast land. And we just want to be people's friends. So, yay, welcome. I'm yeah. Glad you're here. So, yeah. how did you guys meet? I want to hear a little backstory on the two of you. But first, let's take a quick break and hear this. Hey, Sean. Hey, Abby. Oh, why so glum? I can't find a podcast. I guess I could listen to a, a mindfulness podcast about eating for your blood type, but I don't know. I want something fresh. 
What about a long-form podcast about emo music? Yeah. Super Bowl halftime shows? Yeah. The intimacy-building nature of pinworms? Yeah. Oh, I think I have the thing just for you. It's called the He Said, She Said podcast. Oh, I know that podcast. Endorsed by yours truly and produced by yours truly. Check it out if you're looking for witty banter and ill-informed opinions on cultural topics. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Clearly. Okay, everybody, check out the He Said, She Said podcast with Sean and Abby. We will put their links in our show notes and in our social media. All right, back to the show. So yeah. how did you guys meet? I want to hear a little backstory on the two of you. How do you know? Through Matt. We always have our Matt connect. We have a little group of friends that's through stand-up, upright bass Matt. Matt is like, he's like, I met this dude and he's, I, he goes to this Jones coffee house on Tuesdays. Mom went. And, and he, he, I mean, some of the musicians that play with him, Amazing. like um, Bob Metzer, who, um, mm. his group is the, they're the Yellow Jackets. They're mm. like a, a world-renowned jazz group. He plays the, it was the sax, right? Yeah, and then there's the guy who does drums. The Steve, dude on drums Steve, played backup for, for everything. Steve Peroni. He played mm-hmm. for... Um, uh, like Michael Jackson and crazy well, stuff. Well, he was the average white band. He was their drummer. And then also uh, Tom Petty. Mm. Yeah, they're great. They're so... Just unbelievable. Just at a little uh, Jones Coffee House in Pasadena. Oh, my Tuesday God. Tuesday mornings yeah. at 8. No way. I will yeah. actually... I'll break down and buy a muffin. That place. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Because normally, you know, muffins today are like six, seven dollars. It's a thing. And, and yeah. Can I just tell you right now, Bill is wearing sunglasses. They're really hip. Mm. <laughs> that brings up a special song for me. What? I wear, I wear my, my sunglasses, sunglasses at night. So wacky. That's good. So wacky. Well, you know, yeah. you never know. It could be a, a bright and shiny day. He's pretty hip. Bill cannot stop being cool. Well, these glasses are, um, I hope you don't mind, they're a little um, uh, ostentatious. No, Is they're cool. cool. Yeah. So, they're okay. awesome. I like them. But, they can um, take pictures, Weens. Okay. There's actually a, a story behind these glasses. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. There's this, I was on eBay, and I like, like, um, you know, I anything, you know, I'm older, and I. it's like you have to do anything you can to give yourself, like, an edge or something just to make you feel maybe alive or, or have a little something. It's hard. I've, I'm 46 and in, in this, like I can feel it starting. You're, you kind of get a little invisible at this time in your life, right? You're yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anymore, but you don't and, stand out as a cool old dude yet. You're kind of in this middle ground of invisibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's true. But even though, I mean, there are so many, people that I see that are just like bland, um, milk toast, vanilla anyway. So, and I think everybody should have your own style and, you know, be, you know, just, and it's cool. And don't, I don't like people judging people. I like, you know, it's, and I even, you know, get a little self-conscious too with stuff like that. But with this dude, so I see these glasses, these, I bought some cool old Persol vintage glasses uh, from England and they were a great deal and I loved them and they were unique. They're different. Just built something a little different. Not like, you know, War Warby Parker, everybody has the same thing. And nothing against Warby Parker or any of those things. I know They're is. cool. Yeah. But you don't know who it is? <clears throat> That's okay though. You can order five pairs and try them on. Oh. I I haven't done it. But mm-hmm. anyway, um mm-hmm. I looked I saw these vintage glasses and it's and and I said, you know, you don't want to just buy glasses because you don't know if it's gonna fit your face. I have a huge head. You know? <laughs> it's like it's it's what? It's slender. <laughs> it's more like the bird, well, not no, the but, but before, it used to be really big. I mean, my head was... Do you know um, Orson Welles? Yeah. My head at one time was as big as his head. <laughs> I mean, it was it was big. They did... At school, they didn't... They didn't think I was paying attention, but I, I could not even lift my head off the, uh, the desk. <laughs> it was just too big. Seriously. My parents... When my parents would... Um, they were a little embarrassed too, and we would go to the um, park. And I remember one time I was um, having trouble with my balance, and the, my dad tied some healing balloons around my ears. Bill, <laughs> seriously, and the wind the wind was blowing, and it was you know it was not uh, it was not a good scene. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about but, that. But um, 
But what was the... What the glasses. Where oh, the glasses. Go? Oh, so I, I called this guy and I... I, I I, is this um, your wrote, Armenian friend in Glendale? I, well, yeah, I wrote him a note. I said, I said you're in Glendale. Name? His name is Eddie. And I said, can I come see you? Can I come see, see you to try the glasses on? He goes, yes, you can come see me. <laughs> so um, I made a date to go see him. And then um, I saw these glasses, and they were very cool. And he had, like, all these different cases. And he knew exactly what I should try. And it turned out he ran for salt in the entire United oh States. And then hmm. this company, Luxottica, they bought all these eyeglass companies. They bought Ray-Ban, Ray-Ban uh, Persol, all the big, they have like a monopoly on it. You know, so, mm. so there's very few companies that are not owned by Luxottica. Anyway, he ran Persol, then he was out of business, so he started his own eyeglass company. And he had them made in Italy, in France, in Sweden, all over the world. And he would get the raw materials from one place and the lenses from another place. It's a fascinating guy and really a nice guy and cool. Something unique. But the thing that got me, he would give me a pair of glasses and he would give them to me and I put them on and they looked kind of, you know, a little, maybe a little too much, right? And, he's, <laughs> and he would say, those glasses will give you the wow factor. <laughs> so, I mean, he would say, and I'm thinking the wow factor? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, do I really? What, These are pretty well. These are his, like. Uh, and, and his wife is like, like smiling. She's looking, she goes, those do give you their wow. <laughs> so now you got back. She's smiling. Yeah. And they're bringing me his Armenian one. heavy coffee and like these little pastries and stuff. And I'm going, you're, you're you know, drunk on and coffee. I, so, and I didn't buy the wow factor the first time. You didn't? But you it didn't planted just... a seed. Ah. I planted a seed in my head. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get the wow factor glass. Uh, really? And then he told me, he goes, with the wow factor glasses, black, you put a little blue tint on it. Blue, oh, he's selling upsale. So, no, so the blue tint with black is very cool. And then I found out with the, um, with the uh, tortoise shell, you hmm. put on like a, a bottle, a Coke bottle green on that. Oh, wow. You don't even, these are just like regular glasses. But I'm telling you, <laughs> with the right sport jacket, a scarf. These glasses? Yeah, Bill wears Look out, baby. and I'm sport jackets. I'm telling you. It's kind like, of obsessed with sport jackets, yeah, right? It's like, yeah, it's just like, you know, people are like, okay, whatever. Uh, I wish I could be there to see this. Take oh. lots of photos. Okay. Oh, this, is, uh, um, this is my grandfather's watch. This is very cheap. This is a Wittenauer. Oh, it's look not, at that. No, it actually looks like it's got the two watches very, inside of a watch. Yeah, it's not very impressive. It's actually, this was like a cheap Timex back in, in the day. Why back did you feel compelled to show that? Because we were talking about old things. Or were we talking about old things? I don't remember. I don't yeah, remember sure. either. Yeah, there's a lot of ADD happening up in this place. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything Any, you Oh, wanna... I wanted to tell you a very sad, very sad today. Uh -oh. What happened? Okay, so my wife is in Hawaii. Right, and she goes. They go to this place called the Pakaki every year. Her mom goes to the, the Pakaki. Okay. It's a, it's a place in um, Maui on the beach. It's got no beach actually. It's got just like grass in the back, and then it's got rocks, and then the ocean. But the, the mom always goes in the ocean, and then uh, my wife watches her to make sure she doesn't you know drown. And so she was in there, and I guess she fell over in the water, so Karen went in to, the, um, to rescue her, but she was wearing these sunglasses, some wow factor sunglasses that <laughs> I got from Eddie. Guy? From Eddie, oh. yeah. So I called up today, and Hootie answered the phone. That's his wife, Hootie. Oh. Not Hootie and the Blowfish, Hootie. Okay. It's actually spelled H-O-U-R-I. Hori, Hori. Okay. It's Hori, but they say Hootie. I can't, I don't know. It's easier for them. You know, the Armenian language is a very, kind of a, yeah, kind of a caveman. It's like guttural, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, Glitter but they're very cooking. smart. They're very smart, and they make yeah. great food. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I called to talk, to, and I said, hi, Hootie. I said, um, it's my wife's birthday on Friday, and I was thinking maybe I could uh, get those glasses that my uh, wife lost. And she started crying, and her and she told me that Eddie just passed away. Aww. So I started crying, and... It's a very, yeah, very sad uh, thing. And it's Aww. just, I'm glad that I got to meet him Aww. and spend some time with him. Well, now you have his glasses. You can honor him. I have, yeah, I will. Uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, Aww. it's cool. You it's know, cool. our yeah. dad always wore glasses, too. He had light blue eyes, and the sun always bothered his eyes. So 
he was forever yeah. wearing glasses and it was sort of his signature thing and sadly they were the really lame 80s wraparound type mm -hmm. but he wore them everywhere and his older brother where he spent a lot of his last like you know time down here in san diego um ended up with the glasses and then because he always loved to stand out in the backyard and look at the trees and uh, he threw his glasses up into the trees. So after my dad oh. passed away, his brother took the glasses, threw them up into the trees, and they stuck there in one of the limbs, kind of looking out over the land, which oh, is, wow. is, is sweet. Story. Yeah, it's sweet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But it's also kind of weird because now it looks like this tree has eyes. Like 1980s. <laughs> 1980s jogging suit kind of. Like a juicy look. fruit commercial. Yeah. Like that. yeah. That's kind of like the end of a movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So kind of cute. You, your dad looked like a movie star. I don't know why I'm so fascinated with your dad, but I've never yeah. seen anybody Bell's that looked like. Dad. No, I've never seen anybody that looked like that. Yeah. But he was a professional football player, right? Yeah. Yeah. He He's had the build of the big athlete, but then he had the face of Kurt Russell. A lot of people thought he looked like Kurt Russell. Or Paul Newman. Um, yeah, he was very handsome. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. handsome. And your and your mom was yeah. You guys were the. I mean, what did the other kids think of when you guys when your your parents did both your parents or just your mom take you to school or how did that work? I, I have a remember. couple stories. Oh, what? Uh, we used to. My friend had a crush on him when we were, I think, in third oh. grade or fourth grade which is always awkward and strange. But when we'd have slumber parties, everybody would push her into a room with him and then lock the door. <gasps> Weird. <laughs> oh and I didn't know how to navigate that. I just kind of laughed like, <laughs> you know, and wow. would always come out and be like, what are you girls doing? I don't get this game. And he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so that was awkward. And then um, the boys would always line up for his autograph because they heard he played oh. football with Joe Namath. And that was oh. a thing. Wow. But, um, and then mom, uh, was, got called, uh, her name is Joyce. So my high school buddies, I found out years later, she used to come down and tell us to be quiet, but she was always wearing her little, you know, thin nightgown and they used to have a saying and they would say, Joyce is choice. Oh <laughs> my God. So yeah, my, I don't know. There are strange crushes on my parents, which I now, don't know. Did your, do you think your dad ever you know was into it yeah no i, so. I mean i think he, he so liked being adored mm -hmm. but he wasn't creepy at all okay. no he not creepy. he was moral, like he was he a, oh we sorry he was a teacher yeah. so he always had kids thinking wow mr eggold you know so i think he was used to the attention okay. and it was no big deal to him but i'm sure he liked it at some what, level what, what did he, he taught mathematics mm -mm. He was, and science. Sex yeah. ed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, did he play with Joe Namath in the Super Bowl? He was, how did it work? He got drafted to the New York Jets in 1971. Is that right? But only trained with them or played with them preseason and then ended up getting injured and not making it to the real, like, full season. Which oh. is crazy because you train your whole life for this stuff, and then. Oh but mom, to get that mom far. thinks he faked a shoulder injury, possibly. I think I he think also. Get, I don't think she'll get mad at me by saying that. Yeah, well, why he would was. He do that? Because he wanted to, like, he was a running back or something, right? And he wanted to be a linebacker, but because they had just done this like New York Times article on him being the rookie of the year, and a real hot dog new guy. He thought if he faked an injury, then another team would pick him up and he would get to be a linebacker. Was the plan that mom said, she, and tell oh, me really? if I'm wrong, mom, but I think that was the story. Where did he go to college? U of A, University of Arizona. Yeah, wow. I, I heard or remember it as he was kind of the gentle giant and he wanted to achieve and make everybody proud, but in his heart of hearts, didn't really love hitting guys and just the intense uh, nature of football. So he yeah. wanted to kind of ease out of it somehow and wasn't quite sure how. So this injury came along, and I think he, you know, upped it, uh, made more get of it out. than it really was to kind of, like, make it a nice natural way to get out. I don't know. So we so. never talked about this. It's so crazy that this just wasn't talked about. Like, what was the real story? 
because it could be a fear of success. And so you sabotage yourself. It could be a fear of failure. So you don't, right. or maybe it wasn't that Well, and you probably feed yourself a line for so many years that you start to believe it, right? And so to find the real truth would probably take a lot of counseling and self-reflection. And so who knows? Because, I mean, this is where I start overanalyzing everything. But if you got to that place where you're just before the big game and you and you sabotage it. And then I remember like he would go to auditions a lot and he would get a part and then somehow back out of the part occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and would it be, and I know that I suffer from that. Like you get to a certain level and then it's, and then you have to step into the big fear and I bailed on big stuff. That yeah. Way I, too. Have to, I have too. Yeah. Me too. I kind of like retreat. Yeah. Once it's, Go time, you know. So your dad was an actor as well. Mm-hmm. He did that. He did a lot. Of, we lived in San Francisco, so it wasn't as big as LA. But he would go off and do modeling gigs a lot and do. But then also was a teacher. But did, I think he always hated teaching. Did he? How did he stay in really good shape? I mean, did he have a, a good physical fitness regimen? Yeah. What did yeah. he do though, Joe? He just always did stuff around the house and would jog. Yeah, and, he had an exercise bike like, and, bands and jog. And he had weights out in the garage, and he was just really good about eating fruits and vegetables and proteins. And if it was any carbs, it would be like, you know, rolled oats or something real kind of whole whole foods. Yeah, we type. were doing that crazy natural thing before anybody mm-hmm. seemed to be doing Diet that. is a huge part of it. There's no question about it. Yeah. yeah. You could do all this exercise, and if you're eating, you know, a half gallon of ice cream every night, not going to yeah. make it. We were yeah. only allowed one teaspoon of the fruit on the bottom yogurt <laughs> as kids. One teaspoon? Yeah. You would watch and make sure you only had one teaspoon because it was so sugary. And that really? was our big, and then carob chips, not real chocolate, but carob Sugar-free everything. Sugar-free, yeah. We were like, and then as soon as we left the house, it's like, wow, sugar cereals, uh, pixie sticks. <laughs> yeah. And then, but you, we both settled back in a fairly healthy, I think. Yeah, once it's in your little childhood brain, you kind of go back to what you know, and yeah, it's good. I mean, he had all the nutrition side of it and science side of it and explained everything, and so, Yeah. Do you think it was too regimented? Like, are you looser with your kids? I am looser with my kids, and I wish I weren't. I wish they just didn't know any better, but I don't know. I'm also... It's too hard to keep up with. Yeah, I'm all about convenience, and I talk a big talk at school because I teach science and nutrition and gardening now, and so, yeah, I'm trying to, like, tell the kids all this stuff, but then I come home and... Like, okay, one bag of, of Cheetos and that's it, you know? And I'm like, oh, God, who am but I? But you're also, you get, you also make sure that, I always hear you say, if it comes from the ground, eat something from the earth. Yeah. <laughs> like you're making, you force them to yeah. eat good stuff too. It's so. all about balance. I'm like, okay, you can have some cred if you balance it out. I mean, they're pretty healthy, so. Yeah. Yeah. What it's a hard. cool teacher you must be. I mean, oh. And then doing stuff like this too. I mean, that's yeah. so great. Creative mom. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I'm a volunteer. I'm not even a real like teacher teacher, but I I come from a science background. So Mm -hmm. someday it'll all come together. (laughs) Well, I think it's, I think it's so cool too, that you two and you're, you're great together. You're, um, you're chemistry. No, your chemistry is very cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I like it. You too. We like you as a part of this too. If you can come back every night. Yeah, I don't think so. Wow. Yeah, no <laughs> We've run out of material after like 10 minutes. Okay, cut. <laughs> Done. No, but um, you have to go back to your wife. How is your wife? Oh, she is like. Um, She's coming back from Hawaii, you know, right? Yeah, she, you know what? Um, I don't want to be depressing or a downer because, look, I made a vow. I'm sticking with my wife. I love her. She loves me. What's going on oh, over there? Oh my god! Oh my god! She's um, so nobody knows who I am, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I said my last name. What do you mean nobody knows who I am? We can edit if we need to be okay. wild. Yeah, no, I, you know what? I, no, I really don't care. Nobody's, you know, I no don't. I don't even never listened. I don't even know <laughs> how. I wouldn't know how to find it. Uh, yeah. 
It will live um, forever and follow you around. So do yeah. not think of that. But um, I said, uh, <laughs> Just no, kidding. she's she's going through a, a thing right now where she's, you know, um, drinking too much. And uh, she's been having some issues. And um, like... Uh, Is she a flight attendant? She's a flight attendant. And um, honestly, uh-huh. uh, you know, I don't... You know, planes go down sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. planes go down. So that, you know, that I could, um, you know, solve a lot of. <laughs> Jesus, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not saying I want that to happen. Oh my God. No, but um, no. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes uh, when the plane takes off, I just wish it would just keep going. Just, keep just keep going. forever. Just keep going. Never been last tank. Yeah, never. No, but she, um, she says sweet things like, uh, to me, like, um, I think today, the last text that we had, she said, uh, I left her a note, you know, cause I saw that the paper towels were out. So I went to the garage cause there wasn't any in the, uh, pantry. So I went to the garage cause that's where I know they are and toilet paper. We're out of toilet paper in my bath. So I got some, um, uh, paper mm. towel. And I didn't see any toilet paper, so I wrote a note. I said, "Hi, Karen. Um, we're out of apparently out of toilet." And so we got into like a little uh, text thing, where you know these text things where they get more and more um, ugly as you text back and forth. This mm-hmm. it got pretty ugly, and um, because I was responding to something that happened like three or four days ago, it takes me a while to finally write it out, and I just need an excuse. Some kind of excuse, some kind of opening, and then I boom, I'm yeah. on, I'm on it. So, and I'm trying not to do that, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm human. So, um, the last thing she said to me is, she said, "Why don't you go and buy some toilet paper and stick it up?" Your yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I it's, actually saw this text. I thought he was kidding, and then I looked at yeah, it. Yeah, I but, thought it was your skinny white ass. I mean, oh, my skinny white ass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And my very skinny white ass. But um, isn't that where it's supposed to go anyway? Really? Right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, but not the whole roll. Did you write yeah. that back? Pardon me? Say, say, did you know that that's where toilet paper goes? I didn't I didn't say that because it's like... Uh, and, and I don't want to say anything negative because... Um, <laughs> just did. I just did. No, but, uh, you know, some people can relate to this and say, you know, they can say, you know what, my wife's a bitch too. Well, my husband's an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, I'd also like to see them go down. Yeah, well, sometimes they seem like they get along. On Facebook, they do. Yeah, Yeah. on Facebook, everybody's hey, how are you doing? We're here. We're happy. Bullshit. Yeah, it's the real thing. Uh, I like this. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah. No. So I see a segment um, coming up, Bill. You could come back and be our special guest on Real Life, Real Marriage with Bill. Yeah, fucked up marriages. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we got a real fucked up one here. Yeah. It's Bill the Tire Salesman. <laughs> there he goes. You're so, going to get gone. What if you get gone? What if it's not fucked up enough? It's going to remind you of Gary Millwater or whatever. Mule Deer. <laughs> AKA oh, Miller. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, it looks like we're getting close to the end of our segments. Um, how long does, how long does your segment go on? <laughs> about till now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm we're, guessing. I'm feeling well, we can wrap it up. What does it say? We're around 45 minutes. We, um, I don't know how to. Yeah, I can always feel when we're about ready. So, do you want to have any, uh, any closing arguments, anyone? Um, let's see. It was, uh, let's see if there's anything. Oh, I wanted. I I have things that I wanted to ask Bill. Uh, I mentioned that your hair looks gorgeous. I use. Oh, by the way, um, I'm always looking for hair care products, and the only thing that I found that works on my hair is Paul Mitchell Wax Works. Mm. Yeah. Why is this funny? <laughs> it's not funny. But it's, no, it's this one guy that cut my hair. He, he, told me, he told me, he said, you should try Car- Carnuba. He said, you should try Carnuba. That's a, that's a car wax. It's a car wax. Yeah, because he's being a wise guy. But this is, it's like when your hair, I, we started out at the very beginning. We never got to it. We never got to it because. Oh, my God. Wait, who's no, drinking too the much? Wax, no, the, the wax works puts luster in your head. Oh, my God. No. It puts it. 
It makes it look alive. It makes you look like you're alive. And I'm dying. I'm dying. Oh, no. I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, got wrinkles. My hair's white. Yeah. And so I put the wax. No, but I put the wax works in, but it's very expensive. So I'm always trying to get less expensive stuff. <laughs> and I bought so much stuff. It costs like way more than if I would have bought one tube of homage. <laughs> but I bought like three hundred dollars worth. Of, oh, this is only three dollars. Oh, this is only eight dollars. This is twelve dollars. And I got this Murray's wax. I should have. I should have been suspicious. I saw two black people with afros on the outside of the can. It does not. It doesn't. If you want your hair completely pasted to your head. That's a, that's what that you should get. But that, for me, it's just not, you know, anyway. I mean, how do you top that? That was, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. it. Okay. Love it. Me too. Bill, okay, well, you're awesome. Let's do it. You're awesome, too. This was fun. Yay. I enjoyed it. We'll come it's back really, and play with really us cool. more. Thanks for coming, Bill. Yeah, Good. I love it. Thank Yahoo. you. We love you. We love Bill. We love you. We love you. This is beautiful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, you, I All right, love, now... You know what? I love both of your voices, too. Oh, your thank voices. You. you, too. You've got a real sweet no, and you, you and your sister, they're different, but she's got a very melodic, mm. fun voice, and so do you. You know, your highs Some and Some might lows. say it's nasal and monotone. Oh, what? No. <laughs> it's no, not at all. It's very, no. no it's very, it's very cool. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I will let you guys... Close your show. Okay. You sound like a, a radio announcer, and we love it. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Can, Bill, can you close us out by talking about Mouse and Weens on all the social media outlets? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and all those kind of things. Mountain Weens? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Mountain Weens? W-I-E-N-S? Mountain weeds oh, or boy. like Halloween. Mountain weeds. Mountain weeds, like wings or weeds. 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 Check us out on Twitter and Facebook and all that oh shit. Oh my god. Mountain weeds. Mountain weeds. Mountain Perfect. Weans. What we'll is it? Mountain weeds. I gotta take it. You look just like George Clooney. No, no, don't take okay, it. No don't picture. Go. No He's... picture. Okay. No. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mouse and wings, mouse and wings, put together with a strings and plastic and held together.